Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Floyd. And thank you for listening. One Nation Sports. Yeah, we're good. It's Wale and it's One Nation Radio. Yeah, you know. Welcome to One Nation Radio. Um, this is Rich, no James this week. Um, I'm sitting here with my guest, my own sister, Red, the R.E.D., Takia Willis, all that. What's going on? What's going on, Danger Rich? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, fresh out the gym. It's June 25th, which is 2014, which is the five-year anniversary of the death of one of my favorite artists, no doubt your favorite artist, uh, Michael Jackson. Um, and with this, you know, anniversary, you've um, decided to kind of drop this documentary about Michael Jackson fans. But first, like, tell them a little bit about yourself, everything you got going on, um, and welcome to One Nation Radio. Thank you for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Um, so to those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Red. Um, well, that's what I go by. Uh, but first of all, I'm Takia, and I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Uh, I've been a Michael Jackson fan since as long as I can remember. I think he probably is the first thing I remember in life. So, um, since five years old, I've just been going, going hard. So when, when we lost him, it was, it was a blow to me. So, um, with it being five years, I kind of wanted to take away the sadness that all his fans feel, um, on his anniversary and kind of replace it with more of a celebration of his life and an acknowledgement of the fan base that, um, helped to create him as this huge megastar because I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, without Michael Jackson fans, there would be no Michael Jackson. Um, right. So I just wanted to, to kind of put that spin on it. And when she says she's like a huge Michael Jackson fan, that's an understatement. Um <laughs> As far back as I can remember, um, I'm 25, and you know I, I won't say my sister's age, but um, <laughs> she, she, uh, I, I've always seen Michael Jackson around the house. I remember the days where she would th- show me the Thriller video, um, and it would scare the bejesus out of me as a child. And um, also, there was another thing. I think it was the Moonwalkers movie. And like he, yep. it was when he was turned into the robot with his eyes. That part would scare the hell out of me too. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I got yelled at actually. I think, um, I think our mother yelled at me for scaring him with the, uh, the Moonwalkers one. I remember that. Right. <laughs> um, and like, as I've gotten older, I've gotten my own appreciation for Michael Jackson. I tried to, you know, basically, Kiki was so, like, she was so into Michael, I kind of had to find it for myself. Like, because it was just like, okay, yeah, that's, you know, my sister, she's this big Michael Jackson fan, you know, whatever. But, you know, I, as I got older, I developed my own appreciation for Michael and, you know, broke down his catalog in my own way. Um, but getting started with this documentary, you um, you interviewed um, several different folks. Um, I watched the documentary the other night with uh, my girlfriend. We both enjoyed it. Um, and you got submissions from people all around the world. Um, there was a guy on there, I think he was, or no, it was a lady, she was deaf, I believe, she was doing sign language, like, and just saying how much she loved Michael, it was ridiculous, like, he's trans, he's, um, what's the word I'm looking for, he's, uh, he's broken through to people that can't hear. Right, right, I mean, come on now, come on, that's just epic, I mean, there's, there's, the fan response was crazy because, 
uh, I was actually telling Allie this morning that I felt almost like it came to me in my sleep, and it was like he whispered in my ear and said, you know, do this project. And I had to stop for a month. So when I initially came up with the idea and put it out, I didn't think anybody was going to pay it any mind. Because mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff that people don't press play on. They don't click on it. So um, when I started to receive the fan submissions, I was kind of overwhelmed because they were coming from everywhere, like Africa, yeah. uh, um, Ireland, Canada. Um, a lot of videos came in from the UK. So it was really touching. And uh, the, the young girl that, that was new, that was with the sign language, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then there was a guy who had uh, cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Michael inspired him to kind of go out and just dance. And, and, and you know, that's inspiring because a lot of people who have disabilities sometimes can be shy or introverted. Right. And uh, to see that Michael helped bring those people out of their shell was, was really touching. Like, I always remember being a kid seeing, um, like, when Michael Jackson would go tour in Asia somewhere, right? And there would be, like, 90,000 people in the stadium, and then he'd walk out on stage, and people would just be crying. Like, the power of Michael Jackson is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the uh, When you got those submissions, is there any, like, any submissions that you got but didn't? you know, put on the DVD? No, I, I actually uh, used everyone. Use everyone. Um, I didn't want to be, like, a judge's character. I didn't want to um, put myself above any of the of the fans who submitted videos because I feel like, you know, everybody who loves him has the right to have their say. So no matter if the video was bad quality or if the content was a little, a little off, you know, I tried to use the best part because there wasn't... There was some special stuff that some of the people said that I didn't uh, um, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had, uh, and excuse me if she gets offended, but I had one girl who said that Michael was her dad and was like, she kept calling him her daddy, but she was serious. Wow. And uh, I just had to omit that part because I didn't want it to come off weird because that, that is the um, impression that people have of Michael Jackson already is that he's weird and his fans are weird. Right. So I wanted to do the exact opposite, which is to show we're normal people that just have a perfection for this guy because he's changed and affected our lives. So, uh, you know, I had to do a little editing, but for the most part, it was all right. Right. Um, and this isn't our first time or my first time talking about Michael Jackson on One Nation Radio. James and I did a long huge Michael Jackson uh, song tournament. I believe it's episode 27, if you guys want to go ahead back and look at it, um, where we we did a tournament-style bracket of the Michael Jackson songs. What did you uh, happen to think? I know you listened to it. What did you think of our tournament? Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was cool because uh, as a Michael Jackson fan or as a moonwalker, as I like to now call us, um, you do that with yourself. You have a bracket war with yourself because... If somebody would ask me right now, what's my favorite Michael Jackson song? I'd be like, well, yeah, there's this, but wait, then there's this. So it was like you guys kind of did what we all already do, which is like catalog or which is the best song, which is kind of hard to pick. Like one, like, I mean, the contenders are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, With the Escape album, I happened to just get my hands on it a little while ago. Um, And I I listened to the, the difference in the tracks. Like I had the original versions and then I have the new ones. Uh, what did you think about the production, um, the the modernizing of the production with it? How did Michael sound over that? Uh, well, first let me start by saying um, I was a little scared with the Escape album because uh, Sony Records had released another album entitled Michael, which was a damn disaster. I heard about that. Um, I never because, heard it, but I heard about it. 
Yeah, you know, they had like about four tracks on there that was a voice impersonator. Like, you could not play that for a diehard Michael Jackson fan and expect us to believe that was, you know, him. So when they said Escape was coming out, I was like, uh-oh. Um, but I tell you, when I heard Love Never Felt So Good, um, I was impressed. I was like, wow, this is a great uh, two-stepper. But when they started to release the other songs, like Chicago, Mm-hmm. Um, I know you love Blue Gangster, A Place With No Name, and you really listen to the produ- production and you watch the documentary that comes with the album. Yo, have talk to those people, man. They they really did a, a, a huge, huge, great job. I don't even know what else to say, but I will say this. Uh, when you listen to the demos, the original uh, songs that Michael had made, you can hear why they didn't come out. Um, right. A lot of the music, with the exception of maybe Blue Gangster, uh, you know where your children are and, and possibly uh Straight to the Rhythm had fully produced tracks behind them. Mm-hmm. But the other ones were like, they sounded like a Casio, like a, you know, a little keyboard was playing. Right. And whoever made the beat for Chicago should be slapped because uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know how they handed that to Michael Jackson and say, yeah, I made this beat for you. That was just horrible. And that's like, that's like a big thing with me and posthumous albums. Like we had got into like kind of a tiff, like about, you know, my feelings on the the production with the Aaliyah thing before. And I just like, whenever um, we're going to be produced, someone's going to be producing music for, you know, a deceased artist, they're going to be those type of feelings from everybody. So like, we just came from two different perspectives pretty much. And I, I was very disappointed, like, in my personal opinion, with, you know, how some of the Aaliyah stuff was handled. Hopefully, Timbaland can once again be involved because he was heavily involved in this escape one. And it almost, like, to my my estimation, it gives credence to what I was saying before. Like, Timbaland, talk about Timbaland's um, effect on the album. Uh, Timbaland, I, I gotta say this about Timbaland, um, because as you mentioned, Aaliyah is a big, a big part of my world too, and I'm a huge fan of her as well. Um, and I had gotten a chance to meet Timbaland some years ago, and he's very arrogant. So he left a, a bad impression on me. So when I heard that Timbaland was actually gonna be, uh, producing the project, I was kinda like, oh, here we go. Um, but I'm proud of Timbaland because Timbaland didn't make it about Timbaland, and you know, Timbaland has a very distinctive sound, but he was able to uh, omit that for the most part and kind of give it a general feel, more of a Michael Jackson album type feel. I agree. Of, uh, yeah, with the exception of Slave to the Rhythm, which was the, the Timbaland sounding yeah. track on, on the album. You can't beat that, um, though. That, that song right there, like, like I... Yeah, Slave I, to the Rhythm. You want to know what's funny about Slave to the Rhythm? Every time I hear it, I think of it as the Michael Jackson Halloween song because... I didn't think of it as a Michael Jackson song. Like when they did that hologram thing, I was just like, "Oh, it's the hologram song." Right, right. Uh, you feel I wa- I rewatched the hologram for the first time um, after I watched your documentary. Like I watched it a couple months ago after I didn't watch it live, and I was like, kind of, I was just like, "Oh, I don't know." And then <laughs> I, <laughs> I watched it again just because it, it scares me. It's like the Tupac one scared me. Uh, this one scared me. It's like. I just don't know how it all works. Can can you tell me how it how it works? I actually have no idea. What I do know though is that they said it wasn't really a hologram. They said it was a, a video some type of video recording, but it was like a new technology, like a three D kind of uh, video thing. And I mean they did they did a pretty decent job. I mean I think um like like Sean said in the documentary, a lot of us is kinda of like the diehard fans expecting Michael Jackson to walk out. Um, right. <laughs> so we were we were we were quick to pick out like well, that doesn't really look like him, and what the hell was that moonwalk? Because I tell you, 
And then that's the one thing. It was that moonwalk. I don't know what that was, but, um, you know, for the most part, I, 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 beggars can't be choosers. You know, he's not right. here. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the fact that they even thought of him to do something and gave him his own seat at the awards. I mean, that's crazy. I, I was just wondering why we couldn't get Black Michael myself. But um, <laughs> um, I think I think they went and kind of chose the era of Michael that was um, more consistent, I guess, because he kind of looked more like that towards you know for most of his life. Gotcha. I think. Gotcha. Uh, or, or, or what was more familiar to people in in the the later eras and and people who yeah, liked the later life. Yeah, people that are here now and stuff yeah, like that. right, right. They 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 know about the thriller, Michael, but they're more familiar with. Invincible and, and dangerous. So, um, so between um, this documentary, like, what was what was the? Tell me, tell me some inside stories, like, like about the fun that you had um, making the documentary. Oh, listen, I had a blast. Um, I got cursed out by a couple of fans along the way, man, uh, for turning them down. Yeah, for turning them down for interviews because I couldn't interview everybody. Right. So it was crazy. Uh, and there was actually, I actually took a person out. Uh, the, originally there were seven interviews plus the impersonators, so there were eight. Uh, but it came to my attention that I got played. Um, this girl pretended to be a huge Michael Jackson fan just to get in my documentary uh-huh. to get close to one of my clients that I have a music video for. Wow. Uh, and, and she was, she was 20, she's 24, the kid is 17, and after she left my documentary, which I shot in the Bronx, and he lives in the Bronx, she went over and proceeded to have relations with this 17-year-old boy. And it was wow. the Listen, it was the worst thing that could have happened because when it got back to me, I just was disgusted. And I was like, well, you're 24. This kid is 17. He's just graduated high school. And you're up here on this documentary defending Michael Jackson for pretty much the same type of allegation. I'm like, yeah, you got to go. So I had yeah, to go back and yeah, edit the whole thing to take her out. Can't so have that, that was probably a... Yeah, that was the most interesting thing. One Nation Radio um, exclusive right there. <laughs> yeah, I I know she's tight today. I know she's tight. And I had actually blocked her number because she was blowing up my phone. I was like, yeah, I can't do this. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. One of one of my um, favorite guys on the interview was um, the guy with that was that had the bad shirt on. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Oh, Trey Trey Costra. Yes. Um. Like when he brought up the shirt that he was wearing, because I had gotten a look. I was like, it looks like something that's. I couldn't quite put my finger on it when he said it. I was like, oh, okay. Um. The the fashion. Yeah, I'm actually wearing. I'm wearing that shirt today, actually. Um. Like, I um thought that the clothes everyone wore was like. It was a huge part of the documentary. You can see like the fashion with uh, the Michael Jackson thing. Um, talk about you know that like that's going to set a lot of trends. I think if not, it, yeah, it's think, already started. But yeah, I actually um, I, I bought the shirt after I saw him wearing it because I've been meaning to get it. It was kind of more just me being lazy. And um, I posted a picture yesterday wearing the shirt, and a bunch of people were like, "Where did you get that shirt?" And yep. that shirt is great. And it's like he he really had a great style to him and he did things that were just uh that only he could do. I mean how many how many grown men do you know could wear a gold thong on stage and have women still going crazy? I mean I don't know. Yeah, I mean high water Yeah. Ready for rain. Ready for rain. Um you know, my for for all these years I never got an answer why Mike only wore one glove. Like and, and it's just cool. It's because it's him. Well like, <laughs> I mean I could attempt to answer that. Um the story is that 
it was when his uh, skin disease was starting. Okay. Um, and he didn't, at the time, it was in the 80s, and, you know, they didn't have, he didn't know what makeup to put and those kind of things. So he kind of just put on a glove to cover it. Wow. And it became, um, it became a trend. See, I didn't know that. Like, and I like to yeah. consider myself like, you know, I know you're like an absolutely huge Michael Jackson fan, but so am I, and <laughs> I never heard that story before. Um, yeah, just like the, the, the high waters um, were so that fans who couldn't afford tickets up front could see his dance moves because, man. you know, from the stands, when the, when the lights would hit his sparkle socks, you could see what his feet were doing, and uh, that was important to him. Right. So that's why he wore high waters and, and shiny socks. Favorite Michael Jackson video? If you if you like if you gun gun to your head. Uh, favorite Michael Jackson video. That's tough. I mean, because the obvious answer would be Thriller, which is just that's cliche. Uh huh. Um. So with with the exception of Thriller, with the exception of Remember the Time, which is also epic. Yes. I'm gonna have to go with uh, Dirty Diana. Um, oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because it's one of those videos that is very simplified, and they actually like. Double used footage from um, uh, the way you make me feel, uh-huh. but I tell you, as a female looking at Michael, loving how he looked, right. I like Thirty uh, Diane. I just love like the white shirt and the wig and him being so intent on just him and the microphone and real and thug the like. And I just, yeah, I, I love I love that video. Uh, like that's my favorite Michael Jackson song, Bar None, is Dirty Diana. But as far as oh, the yeah. video, I'm I'm tempted to go with Smooth Criminal just because. Oh Michael, well, yeah. Just because Michael Jackson is doing the fucking lean, like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I said that, that. That's epic. Like you ain't trying to epic. lean, you know. I don't know. Yeah, that that lean is epic. Period. I mean, that whole video is epic. That that's what Moonwalker was, and I think like. I mean, what kind of, look at the marketing strategy. He puts out a movie, a Moonwalker, which, when you look at it today, all it was was a promotional tool for uh, the Bad Album. Right. And it was a compilation of all of the songs from Bad. And that was like a Jay-Z, that was like Jay-Z Streets is watching pretty much, like, f- ten years before yeah. that. Right. And, and so it was just like, uh, I mean, yeah, epic, smooth criminal epic. Um, talk about um, his influence in your work. Uh, Michael's influence in my work, uh, well, as I said before, I do a lot of different stuff. I, I do music videos and I do music production, uh, but I've moved more into um, video stuff. And um, when I do music videos for people, while you might not see his direct influence um, in the videos that I shoot for people, mm-hmm. um, just being creative at, at all. Um, and wanting to create uh, short films and wanting to create uh, music videos that are eye-catching or uh, slow-motion effects or, or whatever I'm able to do in my capacity, um, he inspires that. And um, and my logo, you know, you see him there, and so every time I put out a music video for a client, whether it's rap or R&B, he's stamped on it. So yeah, it's going to be there. Like, oh, wow, you know, he's going to be there. So people are going to know automatically that I'm inspired by him. Um, and he just inspires me to, to keep... Trying to uh, be great, trying to outdo my last project. Right, and like you have a a large social media following. You've had one for I want to say about like seven years now, right? I want to say. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's a decent following. I mean, for for me being an actress or nobody coming from Springfield, Massachusetts. Right, I mean, same here. You know, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, like 
you know, and started hitting dance moves <laughs> afterwards, you know, when he was not guilty, like, you know, yeah. I, yeah, the, uh, documentary was excellent, um, I wish I, you know, I, somehow I didn't give a testimonial, but, you know, this would be my version of a testimonial, um, we kind of, you know, have a little bit of an expanded platform here on One Nation Radio, and, you know, I just wanted to try to bring it to as many people as possible, um, you know, I was driving home today, seeing that you released it, and, you know, I was just excited, you know, how I could help, um, pretty much that's what, you know, we're gonna ask all the fans to do, you know, this is gonna be like a ground, ground roots, um, grassroots kind of thing, um, so, you know, what, what can fans do for, you know, your opinion, basically, to help out? Um, well, what I need everybody to do, if you know a Michael Jackson fan, or if you are a Michael Jackson fan, or heck, even if you're not a Michael Jackson fan, and this just piques your interest, all you guys got to do to see it is go to uh, at RedNYC1979 on Instagram or on Twitter, and the links are there. On Instagram, the link is in the bio. On Twitter, it's all over the page. If you want to go directly to YouTube, again, just uh, type in RedNYC1979, and it's the first video on the page. So it's simple. Uh, it's just one click away, and it's an hour and 28 minutes and 19 seconds of uh, the story of Michael Jackson's fan. So I really hope you guys will go out and check it out. All right. Um, that's going to be that's gonna wrap it up for One Nation Radio. Um, make sure you guys check out that link. Um, share share the video as much as you can. Send it to five people. Send it to ten people. Make them yell at you pretty much and say, okay, I've seen it, you know. But, um, you know, that's going to wrap it up. Um, we appreciate you guys sitting here listening. Make sure you check out the documentary. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.